guest today, EMA panel was honored to announce we're rejoined by Darnell Mayberry, the Athletic Chicago Bulls senior writer. What's going on, Darnell? Not much, man. How are you? How are you holding up with all of this madness? Man, I'm trying, man. I'm missing basketball like crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything we can get right now is, is a joy, man. Any little replay or rewatchable game they show is, is kind of like heavenly right now. It's just because you, you got something to fill that void. I know. The NBA tried with the horse challenge. That, they tried, but Michael came through in a big way. He got the NBA on his back again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he let everybody know he was the greatest of all time. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. How are you getting through this um, pandemic, man, this pandemic? Trying to hold it, hold it in there, man, and it's, it's it's tough, you know, being stuck at home, but, you know, it's it's millions and millions of Americans who are unemployed and, and thousands losing their lives, so you've got to try to keep it in perspective and maintain the best you can. I mean, we're, I'm one of the fortunate ones. You know, I still have a job. I still have my health. Right. Family's right. relatively good, so that's what's most important. Yeah, this, this hiatus has impacted a lot of people in different ways. It's come through the job, job industry and, like, a whole lot of people. It's really serious right now besides basketball. Definitely, definitely. Hopefully, you know, things get cleared up sooner rather than later and we can get back to, to normal and, you know, stop stop losing uh, so much precious life and, and people's jobs and things like that, man. It's, it's just real sad what's happening right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the NBA's thinking about well, they're going to open reopen some of the practice facilities on this upcoming Friday with a lot of stipulations. They're going to be 12 feet away from each other, wear a mask. Um, as I keep saying, that's just shooting how far we are from, like, getting back to real game time. This is crazy right now. <laughs> it is, man. You know, I hate to be a pessimist. I like to consider myself a realist as opposed to yeah. a pessimist. Right. But it's just when you see the news and you see that, you know, the, the, the numbers that are pouring in throughout the country, it's just hard to imagine uh, a, a reality where we're going to get back to NBA games anytime soon. Um, yeah. I'd be surprised if they bring back the regular season just because it just doesn't seem feasible. I do think right. that there's a way of salvaging the postseason, but it just doesn't seem feasible to try to, to squeeze in the regular season at this point. Yeah, this is the first step in trying to save the season. But like you just said, a, a regular season, finishing the regular season really doesn't seem that important because there's only a handful of teams that could have made the playoffs with 17 games left anyway. And a lot of teams would have made up ground, especially when you move to the West because the East is basically settled. But in the West, you had a couple of teams below Memphis that maybe could have made it. But overall, and with all that's going on right now, I, really don't, I, don't, I don't think it would be worth trying to salvage the regular season. Yeah, and I just hope the the league's decision makers, you know, obviously there's a lot of money in play, uh, and yeah. that's, that's that's huge. I get that from for their bottom line and the business standpoint, but I just hope that they keep in mind that there's more important things, uh, and that is life, you know, and that's the the the, the loss of life that we're seeing, and and people are are, are being impacted so many different ways. Um, so I see both sides of it, but. Um, yeah. You know, the, the business of basketball will go on. Uh, you know, we can have, hopefully, a, a full season next season, but uh, any team that was going to sneak into the playoffs is going to get probably their heads kicked in by the number one seed anyway. So, right. you know, like, yeah. is it really that important outside of making a couple extra million for these owners yeah. and for their teams to make the playoffs? I just don't see it as that that vital. Very true. 
Yeah, NBA has lots to lose, especially financially, trying to make those TV contracts. But like you said, it's it's a bigger picture. Their main focus is financially, but they're focused on the fans when they're trying to bring things back. Because we're going to bring back the NBA without fans regardless. And it's talk that maybe it's going to affect next season also, especially when this season may start in, in December. Because this isn't going to go away by December. That's when we're like, like six months away. And every, like you said, every, every day we have new reports coming out that there's this many people dying, this many people affected, and they're just now trying to ease the social distancing. So this is going to be a long process. But and I'm they're talking like, about a second wave. That's the other thing. They're talking about a second wave right. in the fall. Right? So right. As soon as this thing clears up, we get back to normal, and then it's going to come back in the fall, and then, you know, are they going to? Make arenas go from holding twenty thousand to ten thousand, and so everybody can yeah. see the park. Like you know, it just doesn't. It, even next season, you know, I think there's some questions yeah. about how it's going to look next season. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's crazy. Not just as media as a fan. I felt this hiatus immediately after March 11th. I was like, I don't believe this is going on. Like this. <laughs> I'll never crazy, forget man. it. I'll never forget where I was. <laughs> The, you know, the night, and I'm just seeing all these alerts yeah. come to my phone, and I'm thinking, this is, this is, so for us, you know, in the business, and yeah. not just as fans, but, you know, you're in the media business, yeah. this, is, these are, this is our livelihood, and I'm thinking, okay, now it's real, because you understand how much of a billion-dollar industry this is, and yeah. the, the NBA is not just going to stop for something small. And when they stopped and said, okay, we're not going to play these games, that's yeah. when it really hit. Like, I had known that it was serious before then. But yeah. when you start seeing the NBA and, and all these other leagues and Disney World, you know, like shutting down, that's yeah. when you knew it was like, okay, this is this is a next-level type of event. Yeah, I keep having that replay of Mark Cuban finding out the kept of the season replay in my head. When he found out, I know it was real. I was like, my heart dropped. I'm like, come on, y'all serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy. So the Bulls are making some making some making some moves. They've hired or Mark Eversley. Brought him over from the um, Sixers. I think this is a good move. He's about rebuilding. He has experience rebuilding and he learned other learned other um Don Colangelo. I think he's gonna set the Bulls on the right path. You know, there's a lot of hope for him. We'll see. Uh you yeah. know, it's one thing to to uh have your reputation precede you as a you know, as a as a scout and having an eye for talent and, and being a relationship builder. It's another thing to actually get in the job and, and to do it. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, so we're going to see what he's, what he's capable of, but I'm with you. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great hire on the surface and, you know, we'll see what yeah. he does when he gets here, but everybody raves about him and everybody has nothing but positive things to say about what he's done and, yeah. and who he is as a man and, and how he can come in here and kind of change the culture. So, it looks like it's a good look for the Bulls so far. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely starting off for the for the organization, I'm sure. You know more than me. So well, you know better than me. So it's a, I mean he wants to change the culture. I think that's very huge in bringing in new free agents and also building the winning franchise. Because players don't want to go to a team that they don't see that's gonna win or have a, a strong culture to build around. Yeah, and that's just been the thing for the Bulls for the last, you know, several years that they haven't been able to attract those free agents. They haven't had relationships, like great relationships with with players. They've had several players leave um, on, on, you know, bad terms and, and take shots on their way out. So, right. um, you know, that's just that, – that can't be how a, a well-run franchise operates. And, 
you know, with Arturis Karnaschovitz in here and Mark Eversley now as a GM, right. the hope is that those guys are going to come in and, and, and really create a new era to where players want to come here and play and and that they can start maintaining some of these relationships. Because the Bulls are like a family organization. You know, once you're yeah. in, you're in. So, um, you know, they want to they wanna keep it that way, and, and it just has been trending the opposite way for so long now. Yeah, the Bulls were, were um, in NBA news earlier this season. Also, the NBA All-Star weekend was a huge success. They did a great job in Chicago. Um, how much do you think that was a positive effect on the organization, having all that attention back on the NBA? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it had any impact on it other than the fact that, you know, they, they weren't really present. You know, we didn't see Jerry Reinsdorf or Michael Reinsdorf, his son, and the, and the COO sure. and, the, and the president. You know, Michael Jordan didn't come out like – this wasn't a bull celebration, and that was it was a noticeable absence, you know. Right. And, and when they were talking about the Bulls, Zach Levine was sitting on, you know, one of the ESPN shows, and they were booing, booing the former <laughs> management regime. So, you know, it's just like you, they were hoping for no news because that would have been the best news. Whenever they were mentioned, people were were fired up and, and for the wrong reasons. And so um, it was not a, a celebration of the Bulls, but but the NBA, and you, you could really feel that. And back in February, when the All Star Weekend was here, right. Well, it was one of the best All Star Weekends in years. The, comp- the competitive edge was very there, and um, in the year's game, that was missed a lot, a whole lot. Yeah, I like the new format that they did. Um, you know, I, I had some some questions about it, like everyone else, but. Yeah. You know, the fourth quarter, the way they they donated the money to the children, and they had the children in the in the building. So you know, if yeah. anyone who was in the building, and I don't know how it came on TV, how it played out on TV, but the in the building, you could really sense the the intensity and how these players wanted to to really win. I think it was a hundred thousand dollars each quarter, whatever it was for for those yeah. for those kids. So it was a really nice setup by the NBA, and I think they should stick with it. Yeah. One thing we spoke on a little bit earlier was the last dance, like a Jordan documentary. That has brought highlight to the Bulls organization, well, be it to his previous um, owners and um, GM. But what do you think the biggest takeaway will be from um, from this documentary toward, like, I know, like, Zach Levine will probably look at, like, damn, Mike was this good? Like, <laughs> yeah, I saw, like, Trey Young tweeted something, like, before the first night he said something like, you know, this documentary could get him to change his pecking order of the goat. I'm like, yeah. See, this is why this is why this this documentary needs to be out there because you got young cats today who have no idea, like absolutely no idea. And you know, as as, as great as a young player as Trey Young is, yeah. he doesn't know the history. You know, uh, and I just don't know anyone who watched Michael Jordan uh, and anyone who's seen anybody come after him. You know, there's just not a comparison for the people who saw Mike play and. This is reminding us all of why he was such a great player and and why, in my opinion, he is the greatest player of all time. And, you know, this, this is a great documentary from that standpoint. Yeah, man, him going through the, the two bat boys something three times to get through. It, it, that that battle right there was crazy. Because Jordan Rule, like everyone says, don't how Michael lived through that series. Like, they see him coming, they said it, he's not going to the ground or let him eat the ground. But once he's in the air, you're at his mercy. I mean, have, we have pictures where Jordan is jumping over top of the double team as Isaiah Thomas is on the ground like his little kid. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, I, it was crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Jordan was a different – he was a different breed. And, and I, I, you know, I didn't like how 
uh, he had creative control, so it's kind of like the story through his eyes. Mm-hmm. I like it to a, to a degree because we don't ever really get to hear from Mike these days. You know, he kind of stays off to himself. He really yeah, does interviews. Really good. Yeah, yeah. But but the, but at the same time, uh, you know, he's le- they left out a lot of important detail that you know could could really paint a picture of both sides. So so from a from a fan standpoint, I love it. But from a journalistic standpoint, you know, it's got some holes in the story that yeah. that just never were going to see the light of day because he had a hand in making the thing. So, you know, it obviously painted a picture between him and Jerry Krause that they were against each other. All through this documentary so far, you see Mike taking shots at him. Right. Crazy. <laughs> and not just him. Not just him, but Isaiah, you know, Horace oh, yeah. Grant. Uh, yeah, you know it's like you go on down the line. It's 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 nuts. Jordan has a vendetta against people uh, like that you've never seen before. I mean, you might know people who hold grudges. Jordan is the king of holding grudges, and you're seeing that play out in the last dance. Yeah, yeah. Have people come to the fence of themselves during the documentary, like you said, Horace Grant. That wasn't me. I never talked about anybody. Like right. it's crazy. <laughs> but that's Mike. Yeah. Kobe and Mike. Kobe will see the Mike, I believe. Kobe cloned his game after Mike. I mean, this last documentary, they showed how close they were and how Kobe um, basically cloned his game after him. How do you, um, what's your thoughts on their, um, their relationship? Man, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful relationship that we never really knew existed. Um, you know, I wish we could have seen more of that, but, you know, for obvious reasons, Jordan wanted to stay yeah. in, the, in the background and and uh, you know, Kobe was just out kinda of, kinda of coming out and putting together some of his projects. Right. Um, but uh, you know, two two of the, the greatest who've ever done it. And you know, I, I used to not like how Kobe patterned his game after Michael Jordan, but you know, now that I'm older and you know, with yeah. wisdom and age and time I can appreciate, you know, if you're gonna pattern your game after anybody, why not try to Go after the yeah. best player, you know, and and, and right. model your game after him. So, so I, I can respect it, and the fact that he actually came as close as he did, yeah. you know, to Mike. I mean, you can't do anything but appreciate and respect what Kobe did. So, I just wish we got to see more of their relationship before you know Kobe's untimely death. Yeah, very true. This Bulls team before the hiatus for eight games back to the um tail spot with seventeen left to play. Um, what should we take on this Bulls season? What what can they build on? I mean, if they don't bring back the regular season, obviously the Bulls season is over. Right, right. So, I mean, I think they can build on Zach Levine's season. You know, he was close to yeah. being an all-star this year. He made that next step. Uh, so he can definitely build on it. Um, yeah. You know, Wendell Carter Jr., he looks like a promising young player at the yeah. center position. Um, Kobe White had some some incredible performances, scoring performances as right. a rookie coming out of North Carolina. So, um, right. you know, they got some building blocks and some pieces that are there. They've got to be able to stay healthy. And the biggest thing here in Chicago now is, you know, are they going to replace Jim Boylan now that they've got a new management team in place and get someone in there who can, can really guide these young guys and, and start to win games. That's the biggest right. thing. I mean, the Bulls have only won – 22 games the last two seasons, so including this season, which obviously was cut short, but right. you know, that's just not that's just not acceptable. Even if you're rebuilding, I mean, they have pieces in place, so uh, they they got to be able to get someone in here who can who can guide this team and mold these young players and, and try to get some wins. 
Yeah, Kobe White is he came into the league with no fear. They put him taking his place. He's not getting that much rookie love because of Zion and Morant, but he's he's doing his thing right now. And he's but he's made himself like letting the Bulls know he's gonna be part of the future. <laughs> yeah, man, he was I mean, he was having a heck of a, a season. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he was he was up there like around twenty points per game right. uh in February, uh before the season got cancelled or postponed. And uh, you know he he's really got a knack for scoring, putting yeah. the ball in the basket, and, and he can do that with the best of him. He needs to work on his efficiency, some of his decision making, but but he's a he's a nice little young player, and and he's going to be able to get better as time goes on. Yeah, Eversley is known for being around rebuilds. If they do a rebuild with the Bulls, I think two players that should be untouchable are Zach Levine and Kobe White. I think those two should be like the core part of the core of the team. Then they all marketing, those three. I think those three you build around. Would you agree? And I, and I would throw Wendell Carter Jr. in there as well. Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, now the, the Bulls have some, some issues in, in the sense of, you know, can Kobe and Zach actually play together and coexist long term? Right. Um, and can Wendell Carter Jr. and Larry Marketing play together and coexist long term? You know, both being big men and, um, you know, Wendell not being able to shoot that well from three yet. But, Right. Um, you know, so they got some decisions to make, but they got some young pieces, and, and no matter what, they they've got some options, and that's the biggest thing. They got some options moving forward. Definitely. Looking at the Eastern Conference, um, looking forward to next year. I think next year is going to be tougher, and the ground's going to be a lot more even because you know the Raptors they they may make more moves. And you have the Sixers. What are they going to do with Embiid and Simmons? Just talk of those two being split up because that experiment is like on its course almost. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you got Horford, and that's not working out. We have KD coming back to the Nets. Um, I think the Bulls have a window if they can get it together. I'm looking forward to K- KD coming back. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me. Uh, I just yeah. miss, I just miss watching that cat play. And you put in with Kyrie Irving now, that's going to be a fun show in Brooklyn. Yeah, because it's something he may come back this year because of hiatus, but I mean, he's going to be 100. percent So it's like it's not like he's going to come back early. But if if those two came back and they did somehow finish the well, they were again the playoffs now. They were the seventh, seventh seed. So if they come came back, then that would be an instant title contender right now. I mean, he would have rust, but you can't take him out because he's arguably this arguably the best player on the planet. Uh, LeBron, you know that's one and two, but. I think after 2017, the torch was being passed. But you know, people <laughs> go to bed with LeBron like crazy. So. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm the opposite though. Like, I, and I've seen maybe you know, I'm a fan of KD. I, I covered the yeah. man in Oklahoma City. Um, right. And, and and just seeing <clears throat> him twice now have significant injuries. You know, back in 2014, I think it was where he broke his foot. Yeah, uh, and they they had him playing out there when you know with a foot fracture, and he wasn't himself. And I'm just like, let that man sit. And then when he came back with the Warriors, yeah. uh, when he wasn't all the way right, and then ended up tearing his Achilles, I just want him to get healthy. I want him to sit out, uh, wait until next season, and then come back. You know, just I, he hasn't played since last June, so yeah. you know that's a long time to not play and then try to come back in the playoffs. Yes. So, you know, if you look at it today, the Raptors are the two seed and the Nets are the seven seed. So he's going to be playing the Raptors, the same team, 
on the same floor where he tore his Achilles? Like, yeah, come on, man. Like, I, I just I want that man to get healthy and, and have as long a, as as fruitful of career as possible going forward. And I just think it would be it would be unwise for the Nets, not for KD. If KD feels like he can play, okay, go play. Yeah. But for the Nets to say you haven't played in more than a year of competitive basketball and then come back and try to jump right into the postseason, I don't yeah. think that's wise for any basketball player. Definitely. What team do you think has the most to lose with the losing this season? I would say the Lakers because of LeBron and his age. Year 17, this is maybe his best last shot to get a title with the players we just mentioned coming back healthy. I, on top of my list, I would say it's the Lakers. I would. Behind that, I would say the Bucks because Giannis keeps saying he wants to stay. He may sign that nigga contract to stay for the money, but if he gets tired of losing, we all know losing changes things for players that want to win. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, I definitely see it as the Lakers and LeBron just because of the age. You know, his window is closing. And you talked yeah. about how, how these other teams are coming up. You know, KD and, and Kyrie, they, they're in Brooklyn, and they, you know, they're going to have something to say. Um, yeah. You see some of these teams in the West, Denver, the Clippers, you know, Utah coming. Like, th- these other teams have something to say. And yeah. LeBron's not going to be able to be, play and perform at this level forever. So I definitely see it as, as as the Lakers with the most to lose. And then you bring up a good point about Giannis, too, because there's already rumblings about him maybe leaving Milwaukee, maybe going to L.A. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, not just Giannis, but the Bucks as an organization. Like, this is their time. And that's a, that's a juggernaut right now, man. Like, that was the best team in basketball when the league, when the games were suspended. So right. this is this is their time to, to, to really make some noise. Yeah, and Giannis had a, had a chip on his shoulder because he ran away to the West, sorry, with the East last year. We know he got caught by the Raptors. Not the last year, so Giannis wanted to make a point this year. And they don't finish the season. He don't throw some kind of way. You never know. Injuries are part of the game. Anything can happen over the off season. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah. this year, this this this, this uh, everybody wants the season to come back. That's just us. Not just the fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody wants the season to finish. Crazy. And, and it's a lot of money involved. I mean, you can't forget about that. I mean, that is that is uh, one of the most important things with the television contracts and these owners yeah. losing money left and right, not having games. But, like these these right. teams make like two to three million dollars per night. You know, so with with these games being suspended with like sixteen, seventeen games left, that's a lot of money involved. You know, players having to take pay cuts. It's it's big business, really big business. Yeah. Also, we got in the Clippers, the Clippers in the West. We already got the situation with Kawhi and PG. Can't overlook that because these two, those two, basically signed a two-year contract because they could opt out after next year and leave at the same time. So if they lose this season. Like, the Clippers are going to be playing, like, all in next year because if they don't win next year or this year, they could be, like, <laughs> in trouble. They could yeah. be in trouble. They could be yeah, but, on. But those guys are from there, man. I, I can't really see them leaving. Um, That's now, a good I don't, I don't think they're going to, you know, want to play with the Clippers for the rest of their careers. I'm not saying that. But yeah. with them being from there, I mean, they got no incentive right now to go anywhere. That's true. Also, we got the Warriors. And they're gonna do a quick turnaround because they're being they're on track to get like a top four, top five pick, if not top two. And they're gonna be just imagine the Warriors that quick of a turnaround after being in <laughs> being on top of the NBA all those years. It's crazy, man. 
Man, I made a, I made a I made a joke you know, a couple of months back about you know because their owner came out and said they were light years ahead. Man, you know they, they got like 15 wins this season. So right. the Warriors still still light years ahead or not? But if you look at it, you know what, they're gonna have Curry back. They're gonna have Klay Thompson back. Draymond. They just made the trade for for uh, Wiggins. Yeah. And then they're gonna add a top three pick this year. Come yeah. on, man! Like this, it's it's unfair. It's really unfair. It's crazy. Yeah, they can move that pick for another vet. It's crazy because the teams is going to want to shake up the the teams is going to want to shake up their roster, and that number that top five pick is the key if anybody's trying to do a um, rebuild, and they're going to be right back in the thick of things next year. And that's another reason for teams to want to finish the season out. They might come back top of the West again next year. Curry, you all know those two get hot any second. They all have momentum <laughs> performances that we all remember. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's I, like you said, man. As a fan, we just want to see basketball again. That's yeah. the most important thing. Definitely, man. Dornell, thank you for joining NBA Tunnel again, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Be safe. Yep. You too, man. Thanks for having me. And stay safe out here. You too. All right. Thanks a lot. Yes, that was Dornell Mayberry, athletic senior Bulls rider. See you next time.